0: Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We're particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hey everyone, welcome along to this bonus episode. I did a talk recently and just thought the content might be helpful for some of you, particularly those of you who are involved in boards of some kind, Um, So it's basically a top 10 tips of things that I've observed over the years that help lead to good governance. I hope you find it helpful. This is really just a way to share some good content with you, and hopefully it helps you on your journey. And if you think it would be something that a friend might appreciate, then consider sharing it with them. Let's get straight into it so we keep this episode one of the shortest ever. Okay, if I can have your attention, please everyone. koto ko Steven no otautahi ao. I didn't get a chance to say that before, so I wanted to do that. Um, if we hadn't just had dinner and I held up this lovely avocado that I got in the supermarket today, what do you think we could make that into? Guacamole. Guacamole, yeah. What else could we make? You're on the right theme here of food. Smashed avocado on toast, yeah, that would be delicious. Anything else? a face mask okay <laughs> yep yep so so the potential that i'm holding here in my hand is really something that we can eat that's delicious and sustains us right is there something else is there some other potential in what i'm holding in my hand and what would that be what's what's actually inside of this avocado seed. there's a seed isn't there So the true potential of this avocado is not that it becomes something that goes on my toast that I eat. The true potential is that this becomes a tree that produces other avocados. Um, This is an avocado tree, which we um, took from a seed just like that. Um, I can't guarantee that it will produce avocados this far south, but it does produce a beautiful tree. And the reason I want to say that is just before we get into the detail of some best practices or thinking about trust and governance, I think it's important to step back and look at what what are we doing here at all? Why are we here? And the reason is, if you look at a tree, to grow from this, to take a seed, there's certain ingredients that you need for that tree to be successful, don't you? So you're gonna need what? You're gonna need water, soil, light, good conditions, not too cold. And in a way, that's what we're doing tonight. What we're doing is talking about the conditions that help for your trust that you're involved in to be successful in the same way that this tree is growing because it's been given the right conditions. So I want you to take that picture away. If you don't remember anything else, it is that to be successful as a trust, there's many conditions that have to be right and you need to prepare and actually spend time and effort to make sure that the conditions um, will help your trust to grow and thrive. Because ultimately what we want from our trust is that they grow, they're successful, and they produce fruit themselves. So what I'm gonna do um, is actually, if we can hand out the little sheet of paper. Um, <clears throat> this is like a, you know, it's a classic thing to do, but a top 10 tips for people who are on trusts or boards. And I know some of you are not on trusts or boards, but I can guarantee you that this list will be helpful no matter what you do, whether it's in work or jobs, you will have meetings and many of these things will be relevant, um, as well as other organizations that you're involved in. So that's the spirit with which it's offered um, for us here today. Um, And I'm very conscious as well that many of you have served on trusts for possibly longer than I've been alive. And so um, for some of you, you will simply say, Oh, of course, of course we do that. Um, but what I'm hoping is that this can be a chance to refresh and to step back from your day to day grind of the perspective of what you've been doing for years and years and actually step back from it and go, Well, wait a minute, maybe we aren't doing this bit or that bit as well as we could. Because the reality is that in any organization there's always ways that you can improve. So you'll notice in in the list, there's actually a place under each one where I've said um, my rating you know, out of 10. I don't need you to fill that in. It's simply there as a psychological thing that I really want you to engage with this material. I don't want it to just be this is a list that gets thrown away at the end of the night. What I'm hoping is that you're actually thinking about it and potentially at your next meeting of trustees, you actually talk about it and you run through this list because um, some of you will have differing views about how well you're doing in different aspects. So that sort of sets the scene for what we're doing. Um, the The first tip is pretty basic, but govern, don't manage. Um, I don't know if you've ever faced this with your boards or your trusts where you end up talking about details rather than the high-level, future-focused, where will we be in five years type of discussions. And I've put an example there, you know, um, a yes, what is our strategic plan for the next five years as opposed to can we save $7 a month by purchasing paper in bulk, you know. Getting bogged down in the detail of um, the minutiae of how the organization is running can be a real distraction for the governing board. And that word governing, that's really critical. You just don't wanna dive down into too much detail. Um, The second thing, I think, is having a clear agenda. Do you have clear agendas? Do you have standing agendas where every, you know what's coming? Yeah, I see some nods, so that's good but there's probably some of you who are thinking actually we don't really have a great clear agenda in place for every, every time we meet. The point of this is that our time is valuable, we want to use it efficiently, and if you arrive at a meeting and say, hey, what, what are we talking about? Why are we here? It's actually really inefficient. So having a clear agenda that sets the course for that meeting um, can help your trust operate much more efficiently. The third thing is this idea of a board charter. So this is a document um, that basically can set out the role of the different people involved in the trust. So how, what, what is the responsibility of the trustees? What are people signing up for when they become a trustee? How often are meetings held? How do you make decisions? What are the procedures? Is there induction material that's given out? Are there subcommittees of the board? It's all this stuff that you maybe take for granted um, and if you can reduce it to writing and be clear, then it's much easier for everybody to know. Right, this is how we operate. Um, the fourth one sounds basic, doesn't it? Know your trust purpose. But we've had situations where people um, have joined trusts and never been shown the um, the deed, that is the trust deed, <laughs> which sets out the purpose. So that's to me that's kind of a fundamental problem (laughs) if you're being asked to join a trust. You should really know what your purpose is. What is the purpose of the trust? And we had a situation where um, somebody said, well, I'd love to see the trust. And somebody else said, well, I don't have a copy. Do you have a copy? I don't have a copy. And it turned out nobody had a copy. And what had happened is it had been lost. The trust had been set up like 100 years ago. And um, it's been going for decades and decades. And Nobody had a copy of the trust deed and eventually a copy was found. But that's kind of fundamental that nobody for decades had actually read what the purposes of the trust were, so um, it's important to revisit that and make sure that the original purposes are understood. Um, The fifth thing is something that Alan touched on before, you know, knowing the purpose behind the purpose. Why are you involved in this trust? is not just to come along to meetings and to pat each other on the back that we're doing a great job here. Mm -hmm. Most of the trusts that you're involved in, I'm sure all of them, were started for a reason to meet a need in society of some kind. And sometimes we can get distracted from the fundamental reason that the trust was originally set up because we get focused on when's the next meeting, the budget, we're not quite meeting it, who are we gonna hire for this, oh, we got to appoint someone over there. So just being clear about what the why is behind what you're doing. And particularly for those of you who are not involved in trusts, you know, if you're looking to join one, why, what is it that you can contribute? Why would you get involved? I think these are kind of fundamental points to be clear about. So I'd really encourage you, if you haven't yet seen it, there's literally, it's five minutes, a guy named Simon Sinek over in the States um, he's written a book called the power of why and it's extremely trendy if you want to um, Be up with it with anybody just say oh, yeah, I was listening to Sinek about the power of why because Everybody in the next generations is talking about purpose Why why do we do what we do? What's your why? What's your why? That's the language that they're using if you use that language people will resonate with you because that's the contemporary Language that is being used. Anyway, Simon Sinek did this video. It's actually an 18-minute-long TED talk, but somebody shortened it to five minutes because 18 minutes is too long these days. <laughs> but the five-minute version is actually really, really good. Yeah, number six is the plan ahead. So we kind of touched on this before, but you know, thinking long-term, not short-term. Thinking five years. You know, in five years, here's what I think society is going to be like in 10 years, here's what it's gonna be like. What are we doing now to prepare our trust so that it's ready to face what's coming? Too often we get, you know, caught up in, okay, where are we meeting next time, next month, two months from now, or, you know, the next urgent thing. Um, you gotta have that long-term vision, which comes back to the why, actually. You know, Why are we doing this? Um, if we turn over the page, Number seven, um, and thanks to Grant who provided input on some of these ones, the trust board size. What what do you think, how many is a good trust board size to have? You know, well, I mean, what I've said there is probably four to six. Um, the rationale for that is, actually I actually had a client come in the other day and said, I've got this charitable trust ready to go, we just need to write the tr- you know, trust deed. Here's the name of the 12 trustees. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Have you ever tried to organize a meeting for 12 people? It's really, really hard. <laughs> so um, if, you, if you have 12, that, that's great, but try to get them in the same room. So whereas four to six, it's a much more manageable, manageable number. Um, it, de- it really does depend on the context. You know, If it's just starting out, maybe three or five. Um, but once you get over, say eight, it gets a lot harder to involve everybody. Um, So that's an important consideration. You don't, you you want enough people, but you don't want too many people. Um, And if you do get too many, then it does become a bit more like a parliament. And um, yeah, making sure everybody's voice is heard gets a lot more difficult. Um, Number eight is this increasing need for professionalism as a trustee. So this is the idea that you know, just because you join a trust or become a trustee that somehow you know everything from that point on. I think many of you who've been in trust for a long time, you've been learning for years and years, right? It's, it's not a, something that just stops. So the point of this is to encourage you to not stop learning. You know, You're taking on a governance role. A governance role should be taken seriously you have an obligation as a trustee to take your duties seriously and to upskill as best you can to best serve your trust, which comes back to our original point about the tree. You know We want our trust to grow and be the best they can be. So the point with this is, you know, what was the last book that you read about governance? You know, let's take this seriously. Let's think through. There's, there's plenty of self-help books out there about boards directors, trusts, and at the bottom here, we've given some resources of different ones that you might want to look into. But the point is, challenge yourself. Take this as a growing opportunity, you know, um, not just that you become a trustee and that's it. Become a trustee and actually become better, become the best trustee that you can be. And then number nine is, who should be on a trust board? Uh, Yeah, obviously, having an alignment with the purpose and the why and what the trust wants to achieve, I'd say that's number one. But then you do need to look around the table and say, what's our diversity here? Have we got a good range of voices who are actually bringing different inputs? And sometimes I've seen trusts that start to shoulder tap other people who end up being very similar to (laughs) the person who shoulder tapped them because that's natural. You kind of get along with people who are similar to you. But the danger of that is that you start losing the diversity either from a gender or an age or a, you know, a neighborhood or a different background or experience. So just be conscious of that, I guess. that, And that's the point of all of these things is just think about it. Um, don't, just, don't just assume that the way you've done it is the best way. And then we put in there you know, the, having a high, a high EQ, having a, tie, a high concept of team. It's so critical to a trust to get on together and to work together, not to have individual agendas. The last one could be challenging, the right chair. Who, who should be the chair? Who is the chair? You know, I don't know any of your contexts really, so this is up to all of you. Um, but it is there is a deliberately sort of, hmm, let's think about this. You know, the good outcomes are largely the results of an effective meeting and effective meetings are usually helped by having an efficient chair who will make sure that agendas are cut to, everybody gets heard, and that um, that the, um, the purpose of the trust is ultimately being fulfilled. So um, is the organization getting um, bigger? And has it grown? Does it maybe need to revisit who the chair is? I think these are important questions to ask. So like all of these points, the real purpose of this is simply to raise them as points for you to consider. I can't tell you the right thing for your trust. It's up to you, it's your context, it's how big it is, how many members are, but what I'm really hoping is that you can take this sheet away with you and you can reflect on it and maybe at the next meeting that you do have of trustees, you can actually revisit it and run through it together and say, well, what was what was our average rating here for number eight? You know, how are we doing? And maybe even as a trust board, you could start challenging each other, saying, hey, let's read that Power of Why book, and let's work out if we're on the right track. So that's um, really all I wanted to say about the um, good governance, and thinking about the sort of top 10 tips. Um, Podcasts, I'm not sure if many of you listen to podcasts, but if you're in the car driving, and right now you're listening to the radio. Podcasts are actually a really efficient way to get content into your brain (laughs) as you're driving. Um, And the last thing is just the seeds, which was mentioned before by Amanda. Um, Underneath the um, lovely daffodils there, there's some little business cards. So if you can have a look at those, this is the podcast that I've been hosting for the last year. Um, The object of this podcast is really to tell good stories and to get messages out that are positive of stories here in Christchurch of people who are doing great things. And the reason I'm mentioning it in this context is that many of them are charities or operating trusts or not-for-profits. And so I think you would probably be encouraged by some of their stories and what people are actually doing here. Lots of them have to do with social enterprises, which I'm gonna talk on in a minute or two. Um, But yeah, if you're interested, check it out, have a look. Um, You know it's a free resource that's out there. It's up to 60 60 episodes now So there's quite a lot of material. That's basically 60 hours of content, and it's been downloaded um, uh, Yeah, a lot of times now, so it's been fun to see it grow, but I'd love to share it with you um, if you're interested So those were the the top 10 tips that I wanted to share Um, Hopefully you can reflect on that and it will be helpful Well, I do hope you enjoyed that bonus episode and that there were some helpful tips and tricks for some of you, or at least some things that it's good to be reminded of. Until next time!